it's good to be here. Really, really happy that I get to preach during the summer holidays. A little bit less pressure. <laughs> but I do, in, yeah, I love preaching. It's just um, this week, I find it a bit hard to try and figure out what I was going to preach about. Not least, number one, let's just address a small thing, because there are a few snitches in church. I'm just going to come around and say, remember the last time I preached and we talked about football? Remember that? Let's address that issue. I'm tired of it. Every time now, every time Barry mentions football, everyone's looking for me at the back of service. He's talking about it again. I'm getting texts in the middle of the week. Oh, he talked about football in the three-minute read. Did you read it this week? Did you? Look, let the man preach about football in, in peace. It's got nothing to do with me. I just said what you were all thinking. Okay? Nothing. To, I'm not going to be used as a scapegoat for this. I'm tired of it. <laughs> it's been difficult to figure out, okay, so what am I going to say? Especially because I just assumed it was going to be really, really easy. Like, I'm a teacher, so I was on my summer holidays. And then um, I went to Brave Age with the youth from church as well, which is absolutely amazing. Josiah was there. It was just so good, wasn't it? And it was just an amazing experience to just be surrounded and saturated in the spirit. And I just loved every opportunity, every opportunity that I got. I got to walk around and just prophesy over people. It was so good. I was just walking up to people going, look, I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you. I was basically Linda. I was just going, I've, got, I've got a word for you. I've got a word for you. It was amazing. I felt so good. And just when you're in that presence, it just comes so easily. Just in the, in the thickness of the spirit of God, it was just amazing. Like on the last day, every, the big thing about Bravest is that um, on the last day, every kid needs to get prophesied over. And so I'd led worship a couple of times and I'd spoken to a few kids and there was, um, I was standing in line, there were all the leaders in the line. This one girl came running to the front of my line so I could pray for her. And I was like, oh, this is so good. And it was this mixed race girl as well. And I was like, I need my daughter to be this passionate for her dad. I need it. <laughs> Are you listening in there? All right, so it was just so, it was so good to just be just enveloped by the spirit and just being able to just impart the spirit in that. Especially because last year I went to pray for someone and they went, no, I want that guy to pray for me. I was like, oh, thanks. Really, really. Wonderful. I really, really appreciate that. Go over there. Hope you receive a blessing. <laughs> so it came back, and I just assumed, you know what, I'm going to come back. This preacher's just going to come easy. It's just going to flow so well. And it was just a bit like, oh, okay, it's a bit of hard work. And has anyone ever like come back from a conference just expecting everything to be super spiritual and everything to be really, really easy? And you start overanalyzing everything. I had a conversation with my father-in-law. And it's just everything he was saying, I was just kind of like, Jesus, is that you? I'm listening. Speak to me. I was in hospital last week, Sunday, so nothing major. I just, I think I just overexerted myself going from Brave Age and then leading worship and ended up in hospital with a fever. And even then, Becca was going, maybe your preach needs to be on your experience here with having, I was like, what, what am I supposed to get? Like, you know what? The Lord said you need to be on fire for Jesus because if you're not, you, you, he wants to develop a fever inside of you. I was like, no, this is a reach. It's a complete reach. And I started thinking, well, what am I, Lord, what are you trying to get from me? And I started thinking about, well, you know, just the rhythms of life and just how, you know, life goes up and down and you're kind of seeking those spiritual moments, and you're just kind of seeking to walk in the spirit in all those times. And then even looking at that, what does walking in the spirit even mean? Who's, who's heard that phrase before? Oh, you, just, you just need to walk in the spirit. I've even said it. And this week I was just kind of thinking, well, what does it actually mean to walk in the spirit? What does it actually mean to kind of 
be in that moment. And I, so I kind of wanted to talk, the, my title was Rhythm of Life. And I was kind of thinking about, well, what does it actually mean to walk in the spirit? What does it mean to live by the spirit? Now you might be sitting here thinking, Io, got this covered. It's all right, I know how to walk in the spirit. Wonderful, good for you. Doors that way, you can leave now. I'm kidding, Andy, sit down. I'm just, <laughs> but it's all, which is really, really good. However, those of you that do know how to walk in the spirit on a daily basis, can you honestly say that you know how to articulate what that means to someone who doesn't know how to? You can, you can understand what it means to walk in the spirit, to, but to explain it is a different thing entirely. You can understand something, but it might be difficult for you to explain. So like a couple of years ago, I went on holiday with Sarah and Johnny, and we visited uh, Johnny's brother, David, in Budapest. And we're at the breakfast table one day, and um, David's oldest daughter just kind of looks at Becca's stomach and goes, do you have a baby? No. How do you know that there's not a baby in there? I was there like, uh, uh, how does a baby get there? Uh, David, David, can you come and collect your daughter, please? She's asking awkward questions I don't want to do. It's a bit much. Now, I'm a science teacher. My wife is pregnant. I think we can assume I know how babies get there. However, <laughs> it can be a bit difficult, even if you understand it, to be able to articulate it to someone who's not at that level yet. So, I kind of just wanted to be able to just preach about what it means to have the spirit and how to impart it. And kind of assess, like, how do we as a church, how do we talk about the spirit? How do we end up talking about when we go away on conferences? Or how do we end up talking about church? Because we've all heard those key phrases. But the reality is, you know what? Church is more than just fellowship. Church is not just for a top-up of the spirit. It's not just about that. And we need to be so careful about how we talk about church and how we talk about the spirit to the outside world because people can fall in the danger of trying to seek after something for during the week they get their top up on a they think they get their top up on a sunday and during the week they're looking for glimpses of i need to achieve what i achieved on sunday that glimpse of the spirit i'm going to try and search for it a little bit more i'm trying to search for, search for the spiritual and like the minutiae of life when really that's not what church is about and it's so easy to just kind of put these as throwaway comments, but we need to be careful about how we lead people when we talk about the spirit. Because it could possibly lead to people becoming unnecessarily obsessed with like thing, things of the spirit, particularly gifts of the spirit. So, for example, if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, like, these are what I mean by gifts of the spirit. So now each one, on the sorry, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good. To one that's given through a um, spirit a message of wisdom, to another a message of knowledge by means of the same spirit. To another, by faith, the same spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues. And still to another, the interpretation of tongues. And then people start become during the week, people start seeking these things to go, well, if I don't encounter these things, then I've not really encountered the spirit. And even for me, in the past, I've been made to feel like, well, if I've not encountered one of those, then I've not actually encountered the Spirit. And then it leads to people feeling down, and then they come to running to church on a Sunday to have this moment. When really church is not about receiving the top-up, 
at all. I've, def I've definitely been made to feel like, well, okay, if you can't do this, well, have you really got the spirit? I remember in my final year of university, I was leading one of the um, fellowships at, um, the at the university called Jaff. And someone came up to me and was like, can you speak in tongues? No, at that time I couldn't, so I was just like, well, no. And the, the look this person gave to me, like, even. I was like, all right, well, fine, fair enough. So it was like, look, this is really important. If you're gonna lead, you need to be able to speak in tongues. I was like, well, fine. And I could already feel like my spirit becoming resistant. He took me to his room, not in an awkward way. But, and he just pray, and he prayed for me and it was really, really intense. And I just kind of sat there feeling like, you've, just, you've already made me feel inadequate. How am I supposed to receive this gift of the spirit by making me feel like this? And he's there, proper hamming it out, shaman dabba ding dong, just like there. And um, no, no, I didn't get it. Awesome. Because, I, because of the way he made me feel in that moment, I already felt inadequate. There was no way I was going to receive that gift of the Spirit. Even when I got baptized with the Spirit, at the, probably in the same year, come to think about it. And you know, like, someone came. It was an amazing 24-hour worship experience. I was there kind of sitting at the back. And you know, like, you can see stuff just going off. And I thought, I'm safe. I'm sitting near the back. No one's going to come to me. And you know when the preacher's at the front going, don't look at me, don't look at me, don't. and he comes straight up to me. I was like, oh, okay, well, in for a penny, in for a pound, I'm going to receive the Holy Spirit. And you know when sometimes, I don't know if anyone's, when someone's praying for you, and because during the rest of the day, it was, it was amazing, but you know like people are doing spiritual acrobatics in the background, doing all kinds of things. And I was there feeling like, okay, I feel filled with the Holy Spirit, but I wasn't moving, I was just there like this. This was not enough for this guy. You know when you, like someone's praying for you, you can start feeling them pushing on your neck. And I was there like, <laughs> I'm proper gonna nut you in a sec if you don't leave my head alone. <laughs> because I just, I just felt so resistant, resistant to what he was trying to do because he tried to make me feel like what I was experiencing in that moment wasn't enough. When really, the spirit manifests itself in so many different ways. It's so in so many different ways. And we're not trying to chase what the Spirit is doing. We're meant to experience what the Spirit is doing at all times. We're not trying to chase a moment. We're not trying to chase a feeling. And for anyone who's ever been made to feel like that, I just on behalf of the church, I just want to say I'm sorry. That is not God's heart for you at all. That's not what his best for you. That's not what he seeks for you. He just wants you to experience him even if you don't have an understanding of what his Spirit is. Amen? So, what is the Spirit? Well, I don't know. What are the words that we use to describe the spirit? Is it a feeling? No. Is it something deep inside of you? Who said these phrases? You need to be led by the spirit. Okay. You need to walk in the spirit. The Holy Spirit is a comforter. The Holy Spirit is a helper. This is great. And I've probably said all of these. I've definitely heard of all of them, and I've probably said all of them as well. But to someone who doesn't necessarily have that understanding, what does that actually mean? Because you have an understanding of it, doesn't mean that when you go, the Holy Spirit is a comforter. Wonderful. 
How am I supposed to deal with that right now? It doesn't mean anything to someone. And what I love is that the disciples didn't really fully understand it either. So if you look at Acts 1, 4, this is just before Jesus leaves and Pentecost happens. On one occasion, whilst he was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with the water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know the times or the dates of the father set by his own authority. But you receive power when the Holy Spirit comes in you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. What I love about that is that there's two bits of encouragement. Number one, Jesus himself told the disciples about the Holy Spirit and they didn't get it. I love that. Jesus himself was there in front of them and said, look, the Holy Spirit is coming. coming," And he just went, they didn't get it. So if you have ever, if you feel like you've ever misread, accidentally misrepresented the spirit, it's okay. It's okay. Jesus did it, and they didn't get it either. Also, if you've also misunderstood, these are people that did life with Jesus continually and consistently, and Jesus was there explaining the Holy Spirit to them, and they're like, what? Does it mean this? No, it doesn't mean that. It's fine. What I love about that, all throughout the Bible, there's so many descriptions of the spirit because it's really really difficult to describe it's not about being able to describe it it's okay for the spirit to be able to be more than what you can explain more than what you can articulate what's more important about the spirit is to be able to have an awareness of the spirit even if it means that you don't have an understanding you want to have an awareness of the spirit even if you even if it means you don't have an understanding Even when people saw them experience um, the Spirit, people still lacked understanding. So if we read through Acts 2, 1 to 15 quickly. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what deemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment, because each one heard their own language being spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't all these, spe- aren't all these who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in our native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, and Asia. Ooh. <laughs> Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, and parts of Libya near Serene, visitors from Rome. Both Jutes and converts to Judaism, Cretans, Arabs. We hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said they've drunk too much wine. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. These people are not drunk, as you suppose. It's only nine in the morning. Now, they're in the temple because they're celebrating a festival. But I love that 
even in that moment, you can see the spirit of our God. In verses 7 to 8, quickly, you can see that the spirit, because they're all speaking in the same languages, in verses 7 to 8, amazed and perplexed, they ask one another, what does this mean? I'm not sure that's the right thing, this one. But they were all speaking each other's languages, even though they came from a multitude of different countries. The spirit of the God brings unity in his house. Even at the end, when people thought that they were all drunk and started to make fun of them, the spirit of our God brings a fullness of joy. In Psalm 16, verse 11, it says that in your presence, there is fullness of joy. Then later on, in Acts 2, verse 21, it says that, and everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. After experiencing the spirit, you will be saved. The spirit of our Lord brings freedom. His word says that in the presence of the Lord, there is liberty, there is freedom. Unity, joy, and freedom. That is the spirit of our God. Amen? Unity, joy, and freedom is the spirit of our God. And even if you don't have an understanding, people looking at them and thinking they were drunk, that's okay. As long as you're able to experience the unity of Christ, the joy of Christ, the freedom of Christ, that is the spirit of our God. To have an awareness of what he's doing, even without an understanding. So, that's, what, that's the spirit of God. All right, so how do I get it? I love this bit. So if you go to Acts 2, verse 1 to 4. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, like a sound of the blowing, violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what deemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. They did nothing. They were just sitting there. They did nothing. They just sat there and the Spirit of God was able to come. One of the things that we tend to say, one of the axioms of um, worship team is that people respond to atmosphere, but God responds to faith. So when we lead worship, it's our job to build an atmosphere of faith so that people can have their God moment and so that God can use that atmosphere of faith to move and work within his people. It's not about singing a specific song. It's not about singing a specific number of songs. It's just about revealing, allowing people to have a revelation of God in that moment. Because what I love about the Spirit of God is not transactional. You don't have to do anything in particular to, in, to receive the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God is already here. There's not a particular song that brings the Spirit. So for example, I know that Lewis loves the song Reckless Love. If you notice every now and again, if he comes up on stage and you ask him to play the keyboard, he'll just play Reckless Love in the background. Because for, for Lewis, that's the anointed song. That's the song that invites the Spirit of God. But there's not a specific song. The Spirit of God already exists here. Even before you arrived here, the Spirit of God was here. It's not that, okay, as soon as Matt pressed the first note at 10.35 for the service to start, okay, now the Spirit of God is here. It wasn't there before, but when Matt pressed that first note, the Spirit of God flowed. It was amazing. 
No, the Spirit of God was always here. The Spirit of God is not a transaction, it's a revelation. It's about you developing your awareness of what the Spirit of God is doing in this place. So how do you get the Spirit of God? You just need to be aware. You just need to be in a place where you feel like you can breathe him in. There's nothing spectacular. There's not an anointed song. Sorry, Lewis. There's not an anointed number of songs. It's just about you being in the presence of God in that moment and being able to have a revelation of him. If you look at John 3.34, it says, For the one whom God has sent speaks of the words of God, for God um, gives spirit, the spirit without limit. Because the spirit is without limit, you can constantly draw from him. He's constantly there. There's no end to him. That's why I really love the song, um, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Becca's not a massive fan of that song because she's like, the spirit of God was already here. I know. But <laughs> there's a line in there which says, let us become more aware of your presence. It's unending, absolutely unending. But what we want to do in those moments is not say, Lord, send me more of you. Lord, let me become more aware of what you're doing. Don't overcomplicate what the Spirit needs to do. You just need to become more aware. I have been guilty of overcomplicating it before. I remember a few years ago now, someone wanted to come to our Connect. And they went, oh, I've really heard about your connect. You're doing amazing things. I want to come to your connect, and I want to get baptized in the spirit. I was like, pressure. Okay, fine. So I thought, I can't text Linda. I can't text Barry. They'll go, oh, you're meant to be a connect group leader. You need to know what to, what to do. So what did I do? Yes, you're thinking it. I went to Google. I was like, how do you baptize someone in the Holy Spirit? I was like, there's got to be something there. I looked at my favorite preachers. I was like, Francis Chan, he's pretty spiritual. He should have something on being able to baptize the Holy Spirit. Baptize, and I was like, oh, man, I need to figure this out because this girl was coming expectant to receive a baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was thinking, what am I doing? Do I need, is there, <laughs> Becca just rolled her eyes at me dramatically. <laughs> Don't act like you weren't researching with me. So, <laughs> oh, sorry. I knew what I was doing. Couldn't let me know. <laughs> And I was there thinking, is there any specific prayer that I need to do? Is there a specific, do I need to push with a certain amount of force when I pray over her? Is there a song that I need to have playing in the background? What do I need to do to allow this girl to be baptized in the spirit? Now, I'm not afraid to, I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like I, in that moment, I just didn't know. And then after about 45 minutes, more like an hour, of just like going through, listening to different preachers, I just realized it's not about having a specific prayer to have. It's just allowing, it's just praying for her so she's able to walk into the reality of what God is already doing in her life. Receiving, it's not like God is like, okay, I'm waiting. Until, I'm not going to give you the Holy Spirit until you pray for it. I'm just, I'm waiting for you. And then when, and unless Ayo says the specific word, you're not going to receive the Spirit. No! How ridiculous would that be? And yet sometimes that's how we treat it. You think that you need to, I need to get on my knees or I need to put my hands out. If I don't put my, if someone's praying for you and they're like, if I don't put my hands out, then I won't receive. It's not like that. God just wants you to have a revelation of what he's doing. And that's all I had to pray for. And she came and we baptized her in the Holy Spirit and she left feeling fulfilled. She never came back to connect, but... <laughs> 
She had other commitments. <laughs> but she said at the time, <laughs> she felt fulfilled with the Holy Spirit. Not because of anything that I prayed, probably because of something Becca prayed, but because she received a revelation of what God was doing in her life at that moment. Amen? Do not overcomplicate what the Spirit of God is. I love the fact that the beauty of God is that he doesn't want to make it difficult for us to get to know him. He doesn't want it, it to be difficult for us to feel fulfilled with him. He just wants it to be so easy, so accessible. Amen? Cool. So, what about tomorrow? It's all well and good. I have had a wonderful service. It's been amazing. I've really learned about what the Spirit is, and I really learned how to receive the Spirit. Wonderful. And then Monday happens. Your child has a tantrum. Your boss asks you to do that thing that is really their job and that has nothing to do with you. Your car, your car flashes that same sign that you've been trying to ignore for six months. <laughs> what do I do in that moment? What do I, how do I encounter the Spirit? And what I love again is I just looked at what, whilst I was reading, I just looked at what the disciples did straight after receiving the Holy Spirit. What did they do in that moment? If you go to uh, Acts 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. And every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to the number daily those who were being saved. They just did life together. They were in constant communion together. They were in constant contact with each other. When you experience the Holy Spirit, you just want more. And what better way to experience more by surrounding yourselves with the people who also have the same revelation of the Holy Spirit as you. Again, it's not about you specifically going, I need to pray this or I need to listen to this song because that's the song I listened to on Sunday when I captured the Holy Spirit. No. You just need to do with life with the same people who have that revelation. And those of you who want to be able to lead other people in the Holy Spirit, all you need to do is just do life with them. That person in your life, you go, you definitely need a revelation of the Holy Spirit. Cool. You want to be a revelation of the Holy Spirit, be in their life. Be in communion with them. Be in fellowship with them. Just be about who they are and be with them and let them experience the Holy Spirit through you. You are going to minister the Holy Spirit to them. The rhythm of life doesn't change. Life will always go up and down. But his spirit is constant. In every high, his spirit is there. In every low, his spirit is there. In the, <laughs> in the midst of our sin, his spirit is there. The question is, are you aware? In those moments when you're feeling low, in, the, in those moments when you're doing the thing that you're not meant to be doing, are you aware of his spirit? Are you able to access his spirit to remove yourself from those situations? 
Because the day that you received your Holy Spirit, his Holy Spirit, you got all of it. He didn't withhold any of it. He gave it all to you. It's not like, okay, I'll give you half today, see how you feel, and then come back tomorrow. I'll give you a top up. You got all of it. But the question is, the day that you received all of the Holy Spirit and it was made available to you, did you make yourself wholly available to the Holy Spirit? If you make yourself wholly available to the Holy Spirit, you're going to experience all of him at all times. What I love about them experiencing the Holy Spirit was when it happened. So if you look at um, the verse, it says that though when they encountered Pentecost, when Pentecost happened, they were all already in the temple. Now, the reason why they were in the temple was because it happened during the festival of Shavuot. And the Shavuot is the festival when they celebrate when they got the Ten Commandments. Yay, rules. I love rules. Amazing. But the reason why the Israelites celebrate the receiving of the Ten Commandments is because that was when God made his covenant with his people. They received the Ten Commandments in the form, to them in the form of a marriage contract. So what better day to receive the Holy Spirit than when you're celebrating the fact that God made a union with you, that God made a contract with you, that you are my people. As a consistent reminder, like not only am I in this with you through these laws, but I'm inside of you, I dwell within you. This is deeper than just a bunch of rules. This is me living inside of you. I love that. It had to be on that day. It's just perfect. Can I get a uh, key or play, please? So, if you look at um, Jeremiah 31, 31. The days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the people of Israel and with the people of Judah. And then 33. This is the covenant I will make with the people of Israel. After that time, declares the Lord, I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. No longer will they teach their neighbor or say to one another, know the Lord, because they will all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord. For I will forgive their wickedness and I remember their sins no more. I really love the bit where it says, no longer will someone say to the neighbor, you need to know the Lord. You need to receive the Spirit because his heart and his Spirit is already written on, on our It's already there. All the work has already been done. Sometimes people feel like they need to fight to receive this revelation. It's not a fight. It never needs to be. It's already impressed and written on our heart before you were even formed. Ultimately, in life, what, what you feed is what will grow. What you, it's not even, that's not me being overly spiritual. That's not me being overly scientific. That's just fact. What you feed is what you will grow. So if you're feeding the spirit, it makes it so much easier to walk in the reality of what God has already done for you. And then when you're able to walk into that reality, then rather than you going from, I need to seek this gift, this gift, you experience the fruits 
of the Spirit. So in Galatians 5, it lists the fruits of the Spirit as, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is what walking in the Spirit looks like. So that when people interact with you and experience these things, you are therefore ministering the Spirit. When you need to walk in the Spirit, when you need to minister the Spirit, don't overcomplicate it. It's all there for you. When, pe- when people encounter you and experience kindness, when they experience love, even in the midst of the rhythms of their life, you are ministering the Spirit to them. Amen. So, I just want to empower you right now to be filled, to have a revelation of the Spirit. So if we all rise to our feet. And I just want every eye closed. Just now, take a moment to become aware of his presence. It's here. It's available to you. Even if you feel like you can't feel it right now, just close your eyes and just be aware. If you feel his peace, that's his spirit. If you feel his kindness, that's his spirit. I've got a word for you. Um, God wants you to know that he's placed you on a specific track that's completely already outlined. And even though it seems at times like it's really, really crazy and there's a loop-to-loop or there's a weird left turn, that ultimately it's not you pushing you along. It's God behind you, driving you forwards. So you don't necessarily have to worry about, well, okay, am I going to make this? Am I making this right decision? Or am I going the right way? Because God is pushing you every single step of the way. And even if it feels like it's a really random turn or it just appears like this looks really dangerous or this looks really, really crazy, that, you know, God's already got it. And not to worry about it. Sorry, I don't know your name. In the cap. Sorry, what's your name? That's me, Francois. I just get, I see you and I just get an overwhelming sense of the Lord's peace. That you're someone who comes into a room and carries the peace of the Lord as you walk in. That people encounter 
you and regardless of what's going on around them, that you are a bringer of the spirit of peace. And this is why it says the blessed are the peacemakers. So I just wanna well, I just want to say thank you for the man that Francois is. Thank you for the overwhelming sense of peace in his life, Lord. Thank you that in every aspect of life you provide peace and he's able to minister that to those around him. Lord, I want to pray for those within his family, those within his life, Lord, that they never feel like they're lacking in peace, but it's always in constant overflow. Jesus, no. I just want to use this moment for if you've heard this and you go look I really want to experience the spirit I really want to have a greater revelation of his spirit and you want to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if that's you right now then just signify by raising a hand so we can pray for you awesome got one at the back Lord I want to say thank you for this person who's come to the realization that they just want to experience more of you Lord they just want to be more aware of your presence more aware of what you're doing Lord and I say thank you Lord thank you for the heart that is willing to experience you Lord and I pray now Lord I pray that you come like a rushing wind Lord and just open their eyes open their eyes to the wonder of what you have in store for them Lord, I want to pray that this revelation, Lord, doesn't, it's not just a moment that happens on a Sunday, Lord, that it carries through every single day of their life, Father, that they may be able to minister it to those around them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. And we always just want to give the opportunity for anyone who just wants to encounter Jesus at all or feel like they're not even close enough to Jesus to receive a revelation of the Holy Spirit as a result. So again, with every eye closed, if that's you, just raise your hand now. Awesome, all good. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pray our prayer. And we're just going to go out and worship. Use this as an opportunity to just have a fresh revelation of the Father. So I'm going to pray. You can pray a line after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for being as close to me as the air that I breathe. Thank you that it's not a fight to experience your presence. Thank you that you offer me a fresh revelation of your spirit every single day. And I pray that I'm able to go out and minister to all those around me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.